this week on the Divided Opinion podcast. But we're going to do a tier list today. Um, so we're going to do the greatest strikers of the Premier League era. This could divide opinion. <laughs> Should we get started? Yeah, let's go. Obviously, it is always a case of he did he really go out and test himself as much as he could, turning down a move to United, who were who had sort of like Cantona, all the great players at that time. He would have got into an amazing team and won so many trophies at United. But he's one of those players, isn't it? That we're so obsessed with stats nowadays that if you probably look back on the highlights, look back at his stats, it doesn't really do a certain, it does him a disservice in the terms of the player that he was and the. For me, in terms of what he means to me, I would have put him in greater. Yeah, yeah. In terms of actual technical ability, he's probably surpasses all of them on that list. If I'm going off what I've seen of him in the Premier League up until now, I still don't think he cuts it. He really cuts it when it when the, when the time needs. Hello and welcome back to is it episode five. Of season three, not yeah. season three, season two. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. Episode five, season two of the Divided Opinion podcast. Uh, this week, we were a little bit struggling for ideas. Oh yeah, sorry. Obviously, I'm with Westy. How you doing, West? Not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, all good. Back good. from the holidays. Yeah, yeah. Ready to uh, get back to normal. Good lad. Good lad. Yeah. So this week, obviously, it's been a bit of a uneventful week of football. Um, we were gonna kind of we were trying to find a few topics to talk about, but realised we were just forcing it a bit. So I thought it might affect the the level of the content. So we've decided to go for a completely different idea. Um, I've been looking around at a few YouTubers and stuff, and I've looked at this James Olcott's channel. Uh, I've mentioned him before on a podcast, but if you guys want to check him out, he's on YouTube. He's really good uh, football content uh, YouTuber. And basically, I know he's not the only guy to do it, but we're going to do a tier list today. Um, so we're going to do the greatest strikers of the Premier League era. Um, obviously, me and Wesley, obviously, we're lucky that we're same age, so we kind of have this similar upbringing in football. Um, but we're going to... What are you saying, Wes? We Are we going to... The, the strikers that we don't really know about, are we just going to kind of leave them out? Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll try and give a bit of a insight into them, but... Yeah, no disrespect. We'll, yeah, no disrespect to any of them, but we were born in 1999, so the ones pre, pre sort of mid 2000s, we won't have too much knowledge on. Yeah, I think I feel like I think you've got a bit more of a better knowledge in terms of older football. I think your dad might have passed on a bit more knowledge to you. My yeah, dad wasn't possibly. really. Yeah, so I'm, it might be exposed a bit here. <laughs> <laughs> I might be exposed. Oh, let's see how you right. Get so the tiers we've got, we've got at the top, we've got greatest, we've got the the fourth one. So there's five tiers. The fourth one down, the second one down, I should say, is elite. Then the middle one, we've got decent. And then we've got average. Do you think that's all right, Wes, decent and average? Or are they yeah. too similar? No, no, decent. Average is, yeah, I think that's there's a little bit of a, a difference in there. So just to like set out the stall and kind of give some context, what are we? So what is greatest to you? What does a striker have to do to get into greatest? Um, is, there a, is there a definition? Well, I suppose it's it's all a 
it's all on everyone based on everyone else's opinion, isn't it? Really, but I'd say the greatest strikers that you'd put in the bracket of they'd play in any team in the world yeah. whilst they were playing. Yeah. So so yeah, we'll say it's the greatest and. I feel like the greatest ones kind of might just pick themselves, really. But yeah. I'm sure there will be some yeah. some debate. I feel like this might be one of the first episodes because I'm aware that obviously it's called divided opinion, but a lot of the stuff we actually turn out to agree on a lot of things. But yeah. I feel like today might be that day, yeah, where divided opinions namesake really comes to the fore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so then we've got elite, which is just obviously the one below greatest. Um, uh, that kind of yeah that kind of speaks for itself and then decent i'd say is like middle of the way yeah so they were really solid very good Premier League strikers and also to, these strikers we've got in front of them are all legends in their own right uh, yeah. to even make it onto this shortlist is is impressive in itself um then we've obviously got average yeah which is kind of i'd say mate average and overrated there might be a, some blurred lines there um obviously overrated yeah it says in the title we could cause a few a few dramas. Um, let us know what you think after listening to the episode, because yeah, I think this could this could divide opinion. Mostly. <laughs> Should we get started? Yeah, let's go. Should we start with this man here, Alan or, Shearer? Yeah, yeah. All right, so Alan Shearer. Obviously, he's he's not the the top goal scorer ever, is he in the Prem, or is he still? Yeah, he is. is. He still, yeah. he still holds that crown, right? Yeah, two hundred fifty nine. See, this is another one where I do remember Alan Shearer to the end of his career, and I don't, I don't remember him any time before Newcastle. Uh, I, I obviously, I don't have any memory of him at Blackburn. They obviously, he won, he won the league. Am I right? Yeah. With Blackburn, do you have any more knowledge you want to? Um, no, I've, I've seen bits of him at Blackburn and uh, under Kenny Daglish there, and in that good side they had winning the league. Um, little bits of early Shearer back at Newcastle but then I suppose the Shearer that we really started to see was the Shearer that was in his twilight of his career wasn't it when he was yeah. just on, on I think he retired in 2006 so yeah, in terms we... of in terms of Shearer obviously there's we've there's so many stories about him possibly going to a United and he he stuck with relatively smaller clubs obviously he was at Blackburn um, then obviously went to Newcastle his boyhood club do you think is that going to impact your decision where you put these players in terms of the, the level of teams they play for is that going to have any detriment on where we put him today um, well I think on in individual ability I can't it can't really have too much of an effect because obviously no. Shearer's numbers speak for themselves don't they but um, yeah, obviously it is always a case of he did he really go out and test himself as much as he could, turning down a move to United, who were who had sort of like Cantona, all the great players at that time. He would have gone into an amazing team and won so many trophies at United. But you can't really knock him for wanting to stay loyal and go back to his boyhood club and see yeah. out his career there. Like if, if that's what if that's what made him happy. And I think it's fair to say him. that he's probably a less rounded less well-rounded player than some of the other players on yeah, this list he's a, he's a he's a number nine and he's a goal scorer but does that detract away from his argument of being in the greatest for you does a greatest of all time can that just be a goal scorer or not greatest of all time obviously there's a few of them um, are going to be in greatest i think but, more i think more so in the modern day game that's it you need sort of a bit of everything and 
to be well-rounded, sort of like you look at someone like Harry Kane and them sort of players. But I think when it comes to someone like Alan Shearer, you just have to, for me, I don't think you can look look further past than his goals, really. So so we're, are you leaning I'm, towards greatest? Is that I what you're trying to say? If we're doing Premier League strikers, yeah, I think you've got to put him in the... If, if yeah, he's... Ju- it, <laughs> If anything, you know I mean? just to save our own backs. Well, yeah. Well, but I just do think it because he's, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the highest Premier League goal scorer of all time. How could you not put him in the greatest? All right. Alan Shearer is going into greatest. Well, there we go. Well, the well, first Alan. one into greatest. One for one at the minute. Uh, for me, in terms of, I just agree and kind of echo what you were saying. Like his goal scoring record, he's the top goal scorer. How can you not have him in greatest? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that... We'll move on. Are we this man? Are we going to go for this man? Because I can't really remember. Andy, Andy Cole. Cole. Oh yeah. So, so we, all right. So what? If you're going, you're going to have to take the lead on this one because I don't have much memory of Andy Cole. I have memory. I can remember Dwight York a bit. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Cole and York sort of came so we'll, hand in we'll hand. Put them, they? Yeah. We'll 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 put put them together now. Put them so, together. So Dwight Dwight York and Andy Cole, for you obviously a United fan. Yeah, you take the lead. Oh damn. Personally, I I thought Andy Cole in his prime was better than Dwight York. Obviously, they're um, slightly different in age, but uh, obviously them two, they're the '99 treble season. They were they were prolific and instrumental in that season for United. What kind of but, roles did they both take, and how? What kind of a partnership were they? Well, obviously, I can only speak off really seeing, obviously watching games back and highlights and stuff that stuff that you get shown as a United fan growing up because obviously I wasn't born when they really properly played together. Well, we probably were being born. Yeah, well, yeah, we were, yeah. We were actually born like a month after the final, weren't we? So Yeah. They just played off each other so well. Like They just knew... It was just so second nature for both of them to play with each other. Um, Like, you hear everything. You hear loads of stuff, don't you? Like York and Cole. It's just... They just go hand in hand, them two names, when you speak about one or the other. Should we? But, I'm thinking now. Just sorry to interrupt. I'm thinking we change decent to class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, because these are a lot. Like these players, and we're not trying to take anything away from these players. What like, about average? Are... Change that to decent. Yeah. All right. Because then... none of because none of these strikers we've got here in front of us, to be fair, are average. <laughs> but a few of them are overrated, in my opinion. Oh yeah, there's about to be a few, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, sorry to interrupt, mate. Carry on. Um, yeah. Uh, well, we'll just get into it. Uh, Andy Cole, I thought, was the better player, even though Dwight York was a brilliant player. Really good footballer. I have heard, though, people talking about Andy Cole, that he was, was a kind of striker that, that needed a few chances. He wasn't yeah. so much of a... Yeah, cool. yeah, but he also is... He was sort of like one of the um, early sort of... Like the, the modern-day striker we talk about now. Like He could do a bit of everything as well, drop in and play, play off midfielders and strikers, link yeah. play. And um, so where yeah. are you putting him? Oh, I think and, oh, both of them. I think Andy Cole for me. Going off what I saw, and obviously there'll be United fans out there who grew up watching Andy Cole week in week out. They could probably say a, a different opinion, but I'd go class for Andy Cole. That's good. I'm glad you went with that. Yeah, I was. I was thinking. And Dwight York, I'd go class as well. To yeah, be honest. right. The partnership goes together. The partnership goes together. Can't leave him out. One of the greatest partnerships in Premier League history. Yeah. Given that. Carlos Tevez. Oh, 
I, I, I know he's not he's not best popular is he in 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 your part of Manchester no what a player for, in my eyes just what a player and for me it, it was this was a period when I didn't know as much about football but when he went so he was obviously at West Ham kept them up that season then obviously went to Manchester United and he was a he was just everywhere wasn't he um, yeah. but he wasn't would you say you know was he ever a first choice number nine or was he yeah. ever your well it was sort of it was just a front four really but in the first season, obviously Berbatov wasn't there, so it was a uh, sort of Rooney and Tevez. There was a lot of talk at the start when Tevez signed that maybe Rooney and Tevez couldn't play together as a two. Yeah, um, and off, off, uh, they'd often accommodate by dropping one of them a little bit deeper into sort of a number ten role, playing off yeah. maybe like a false nine. But after a few weeks and months of that first season, um, they really started to link up well, and they did often play together as a two up front in a four four two. That yeah. rigid United four four two that Ferguson used to love to play. So um, yeah, you can't you can't deny the quality of him. He was a he was a top class. He was brilliant for United as well. What I loved about Carlos Tevez as well, and I, I felt as though the player he was at Manchester United and the player he was at Manchester City were were quite different. Yeah, and the roles that he had were quite different. And obviously in that United team, you I mean you look at Wayne Rooney's one, and we'll get to him soon. But Wayne Rooney was one of the the greatest greatest players in the world at that point. But he still felt like a part in a in a machine. Whereas yeah. go to Man City and Tevez was that that man, wasn't he? And he, I, I felt I felt like he was a bit more measured and a bit more a bit more technical in his in the way he played when he was at City. I might yeah. be wrong, and I might be remembering wrong because I was young at the time. Yeah. At United, yeah, you're right. He was just like a bull in a china shop, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was, exactly. he was everywhere. And I think he, yeah, he, he probably just matured and, me- and measured himself a bit with age when he went to City. But yeah, they are two def. De- he was definitely two different players in the uh, in the time at both City and United. But I yeah, loved like- him at United, obviously. What he, what happened with him going to City obviously clouded a lot of people's judgment, including mine. I don't like him, but you can't let that cloud your judgment of a player as well of how good no. they are so yeah to, for me well what what do you think I'd, I'd go class probably yeah I'm leaning towards class to be honest and I kind of want to keep the elite and greatest tiers kind of quite yeah. not exclusive but I don't want to you don't want to brandish it, you know it I mean? do you around no. too easily no and he was a top top draw player and I feel like as well a, lo- a big part for me is is the kind of the the, the length of time they were doing it for in the Premier League and maybe Tevez wasn't doing it for as long as some of the other names that we've got on this list I'm not saying he was far from a one season wonder or anything like that but did he have like a real established long Premier League career no no it was was like a three or four year spell really it's high of his powers yeah but uh, yeah so we're going to agree on this one we're going to class yeah Yeah. now Dennis Bergkamp the next on this list is he a striker? I've always thought of him more as a bit of a number ten. Yeah, uh, the but, the issue. This is another one, the problem one for us, obviously, because we would have been about five years old, four years old when Bergkamp was in his prime for for Arsenal and like the Invincibles, etc. Um, obviously, I've seen highlights of Dennis Bergkamp, and he just looks outrageous. Just some of the turns, some of the finishing. So it's just his awareness on the ball was just, just out of this world. 
Um, yeah. I know there's a lot of people that would put him in in the greatest um, the greatest uh, tier that we've got. The problem is for me is I don't want to put a player in there that I don't really. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to do him a disservice. I don't know about him enough to give a informed decision on this. What are you thinking? Do you know him a bit better than I do? Um, well, I've probably just seen him as much as you, really. But obviously, I've seen a lot of him. Obviously, you see him all over all the highlights of Sky Sports, everything. But yeah, yeah, I think it would be hard to ever put him in elite or greatest. I mean, he, he'd fit in both. Like He is probably one of the greatest players of Premier League history but I like it, like you said we haven't really watched him enough yeah. like for it's, it's different watching players through highlights and you can get a good idea of how good a player is and was but until you were if, unless you're actually there in the time a matured football fan watching them week in week out in the full 90 minutes you would never get to appreciate a player will you no absolutely and there's a lot more to the game than just highlights, isn't there? And yeah, should we should we leave Dennis Bergkamp for now, or do you want to put? Do you what think, do you want to do? Oh, I think we might have to put him in. Oh no! But I, I just this is the issue, bro. Is because there's too much. Like if I, if there was an obvious like with Shearer, you can't argue with his goals. And but with Bergkamp, I don't want to put him too low, and I don't want to put him too high. And like I don't know. I feel like if we put him in, can greatest, we hang him in the middle of? greatest and elite just <laughs> yeah we'll just leave him f- we- we'll come back to him later yeah. in, in the episode um didier drogba elite what, elite so we're saying elite yeah i think with drogba he's one of those players isn't it that was so obsessed with stats nowadays that if you look back at the stats hmm. and this was what exactly what we were saying and seeing highlights Burkamp, someone that looks incredible on highlights and i'm not saying he wasn't incredible but Drogba, if you probably look back on the highlights, look back at his stats, doesn't really do a certain... It does him a disservice in the terms of the player that he was and the, yeah. how he led the line for Chelsea. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he averaged about, I think it was like 12 goals a season at Chelsea in the I mean, Premier League. Yeah, if that was nowadays, people would say he was a flop or... You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're going to go Drogba in elite. Yeah. Uh, he, he kind of rewrote what it was to be a striker really I don't think that the Premier League really seen a striker like Drogba before he, no, before no, he came he's... he paved the way for the likes of Lukaku now I think Lukaku would be the first to say that Drogba's his 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 main idol and the guy yeah. that he's modelled the way he plays on and he was just a that player wasn't he big games Champions Leagues he just turned up Yeah, and I think there are certain players where it's not all about just scoring and scoring and scoring. It's turning up in those big moments. And yeah, I think Didier Drogba in elite, definitely. I agree with that. Diego Costa. I don't think Diego Costa compares to any of the strikers that we've gone through yet so far. I think he goes into, for me, he'd go into class. You do, you think? Diego Costa in class? Well, what were you, what were you thinking? <sighs> I was even... Sp- swaying towards overrated or decent to oh, be honest no. uh, do you not think he's decent no prime Diego Costa was an animal but he didn't do it for that long yeah no but it depends whether we're going off longevity or just basing it off the player themselves but obviously I do but we, I think it's got to be a balance so there is an element of longevity to it there is an element of looking at the stats and there is an element of maybe like you've got you've got to take everything into account here it's not just like we can't have a player that played well for one season 
Because he did trail off so badly, Diego Costa. It was only really that second season with Conte that he... Um... But if you just look at him now, he he's never reached the heights. Even at, And I know we are just talking about Premier League, but his career just kind of fizzled out, really, didn't it? Mm. Do you not think decent? No, I think he's class. You think class? Do you just remember him in that first, that second Mourinho season when he first signed, and then that remember the season under Conte, Conte's first season when Chelsea won the league. You've got to remember he was he was top goal scorer for two seasons, winning Chelsea's Premier League both times. All right, he spent four seasons at Chelsea. That's what we've got in front of us here. 2014-15, 26 games, 20 goals, which is an outstanding return. 20, and then next season, 2015-16, 28 uh, games, 12 goals. Not, not so good, but... And then 35 games, 20 goals in the season after that. It's just... I just find that it, a lot of these players that we're going to be looking at, it, a lot of them are going to have a Premier League under their belt or a lot of them are going to have dominated for a season or two. Mm. It's just... I, to be fair, if we're going Carlos Tevez in class, I think Diego Costa gets into class as well. Yeah. All right, I agree with you. We'll go Diego Costa into class, but for me, I would have probably sided on decent... Um, not I still he was obviously a, a incredibly effective player. All right, Dimitar Berbatov, genuinely one of my favourite players of all time. Everyone used to talk about obviously obviously his work rate. He wasn't blessed with pace. He he was I think he was probably stronger than he looked. Yeah. But just technically, I don't know if there's ever been a player on his level. No, it was just a it was just a joy to watch, weren't he? What are you siding with here? I think, terms of, I think he goes straight into the elite. Yeah, I think, I think he's definitely elite. For me, in terms of what in terms he of, means to me, I would have put him in greater. Yeah, yeah. In terms of actual technical ability, he's probably surpasses all of them on that list. See, he's another player, and I, d- I don't know what it is, but players nowadays seem to just be look better on the stats. It's 229 appearances, 94 goals. To be fair on him, obviously he played in a Spurs team that wasn't particularly strong. Uh, who else and did he play for? Was it? I want to say Fulham. Fulham. Fulham yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've also got to remember, he, like the stats. Obviously, you've, obviously, like you said, he played in a Tottenham side that weren't amazing, um, and then he moved to a United side where a lot of his work and the stuff he did was overshadowed by the goals scored by Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, Tevez. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, for me, that is when you look at a player like Shearer, the measure of a player, for me, goes up when when they've been playing with elite players, especially if you are an attacker, because it's so easy to get outshone by other players and let that get to... Do you know what I mean? These players, their egos, if they're not the star man, yeah, they, they they might detract and what have you. And Shearer, it is one thing that that really does draw back on his career. But Berbatov for me, elite, absolutely, um, what a player, what a player. I don't know if we'll ever have a Dimitar Berbatov ever again. No, Emmanuel Adebayor. These these kind of ones, I think we should fly through. Emmanuel Adebayor, yeah. what are you thinking? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I think in his prime class. You're, you're just gonna go everyone in class, you. <laughs> no, no, but you've got to give you've got to give him. But what, decent's not bad, bro. But decent is still like it's a very good striker. 
Yeah, but I thought you. Yeah, well, he, he can go in decent, but I thought I think in his prime he was class as well. He was class. Ah, oh. but like. Yeah, we'll put him in decent. We don't want he's to. Not, I don't think Adebayor is as good as Carlos Tevez, and I, I'd. But this is the thing. I don't think he's much worse than Diego Costa if he is. Adebayor, decent. I think he was just inconsistent, Adebayor. And he often, there were things off the pitch kind of distracted him and he just needed to focus a bit more. Um, and he he obviously had injury problems as well. Eric Cantona, again, oh. before my time, but you just take the lead on this one. He's getting the greatest. Yeah. Without a doubt. Joy Man United won five Premier League titles when United hadn't won the league for 20-odd years. It yeah. speaks for itself. What does a player have to do to, to get on a Cantona level? Does a Bruno Fernandes or anyone compare to an Eric Cantona? I don't, I don't think any United player ever... If, he's just a different... It's just it's not the, just the player, is it? It's the person who he was and who he is. And like Bruno's got a bit of that bit of that sort of swag about him. He's got a bit of that... Um, sort of knows he's the guy but the thing with Cantona he just sort of he was so he was so off the rails but he was just what United needed at that particular time he needed someone like that and he obviously came in from Leeds and everyone was no no one thought anyone would be able to tame this sort of beast that he was and just get him on the straight and narrow and I think Ferguson realised that he was different to everyone else he needed his arm around him sometimes he needed treating different obviously let him dress different to anyone just let him do what he wanted to do it and sounds think, like you just about managed to get a few years out of him like, oh yeah it but sounds like no one was gonna get like oh no people forget that like, like, yeah like he, he retired when he was 28 yeah at, at the heart of his powers at United just walked out and then retired from football which was so strange but just, it, it just sums up the guy who he is. <laughs> Such, that video of him at that Ballon d'Or ceremony or whatever. Yeah. And when he is there just talking absolute nonsense, you've got Ronaldo and Messi just looking <laughs> on. And you've got that guy in the crowd there just like gawping at him like, what is what he is on about? <laughs> I love football. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric Cantona goes into greatest. I've got no arguments with that. For me, it's kind of, I just, you can't ignore what everyone says about the guy. Um, and obviously I've seen the highlights, but yeah, what a player. Um, Fernando Torres. Now this is an interesting one because Fernando Torres in his prime at Liverpool, if he'd, if he'd carried that on, he would have been in elite. He would have been in greatest. And yeah. He was just such a strange one. And I don't know if anyone will ever be able to put a finger on. I, don't, I wonder if Fernando Torres could put a finger on what went wrong. Whether it was just the price, the price tag that got to him. Whether I don't know. I really don't know. Mm. I think he falls into class really, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he does. And you can't, you really can't. It, this is where we were talking about this, this like argument of longevity and, Fernando Torres at his prime was was unplayable. Yeah. But he just didn't last long enough. And to be honest, a prime Fernando Torres or a prime Diego Costa, there's only one player I'd be choosing there. It'd be Fernando. Yeah. Harry Kane. Harry so Kane. Before we argue, what what are you thinking here of Harry Kane? Um where does where does he fit in in your the world strikers of today? When we're talking about the Lewandowski's, when we're talking about Harry Kane's, we're talking about Mbappe's, we're talking about 
where does he fit in here and now in terms of world football? Do you see him as the greatest striker in the world at the moment? No. 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 He's up there. I think he's in the top three, but he's not He's not the greatest for me. No. No. I, I imagine is Lewandowski, Lewandowski taking that? Yeah. Yeah. Can't really argue, can you? No. Um, but Harry Kane, for me, the level he's at and the just the player he is and how well-rounded he is, I mean, there's nothing he can't do. He would be an elite for me. But yeah. the only issue is, is, and I keep going back to it with Harry Kane, but he's never really done it. Like he's never done it. Like he's never done it in a in a final. He's never done it in an England shirt when it really counted. If he'd won the Euros, I couldn't say any more. Do you know what I mean? He's he's he does everything right, Harry Kane, and the goal scoring record speaks for itself. He is probably gonna end up well, he's gonna end up being England's top goal scorer, easily Spurs. He I don't know the exact numbers, but I think surely he's on track to be beating Alan Shearer's record in the Premier League. Yeah. That's the issue. In a few years, if he won something, I could I'd push him straight into elite. But what what are you thinking? I think class almost seems too low. But then you look at some of the players in class and the stuff they've won. Yeah. And Harry Kane, well, can't yeah. compete. I don't know whether got... with Harry Kane with this one, you just sort of have to just distance the two things in, in themselves. Obviously, the the, the club honours and the ability of a player. And I think if we're going off Harry Kane as a footballer, you've I think he is elite, but and his numbers. But then you're putting him, uh, uh, you're putting him up ahead of a treble winning strike force, yeah. Carlos Tevez that won Premier Leagues at both Man United and Man City, Diego Costa who won Premier League at Chelsea. He, um, yeah, I think yeah, but he is better than all of them players in my in his prime. Harry Kane. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And I'm but... talking from a United fan now who's, who loves York and Cole, but Harry Kane, although he's obviously, yeah, York and Cole, they've, they can stand there and say, look, we've these are the trophies we've won. And, but I just yeah. think he's. He is. I do think Harry Kane's probably got an opportunity to push himself into that greatest category. If but he... The trophies have to come. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not taking anything away from Kane as a player. Like, I think he's, I honestly think he's one of the best players in the world. And. I've said it numerous times on the podcast. For Spurs, he's literally their best player in all aspects of the pitch. Like he, he does everything. He comes back and wins the ball. He links the attack and midfield, and then he he finishes it off as well. Uh, yeah. All right, we're going to lead. Harry. If you keep working, me. If you do it on the on the big day on the big stage, you can get into that divided opinion of greatest <laughs> category. It's a tough one to get in at the minute. Yeah. Shearer and Canton are out on their own. So Ian Wright. Ian Wright. What a striker. Still Arsenal's top goal scorer, isn't it? Yeah, I'm no Arsenal fan, but I've watched enough highlights of him. I've watched documentaries. Out of him. Actually, there is a good documentary you should all go and watch. It's uh, called From Broccoli to the Big Time. It's about Ian Wright and David Rowcastle's um, sort of friendship and rise up from being mates at at school and going to play for Arsenal together. And it's just it's main, it's great about Ian Wright and yeah, so you I, yeah, watch that. I know more about Ian Wright personally than I do his football. Yeah, but Ian Wright, also... what? Yeah, no, he was a brilliant. If, if people forget Ian Wright, like he he was playing Sunday League football at twenty two years old. Yeah, he, he never. The, yeah, in London wasn't it on these like on the Hackney Marshes and that. Yeah, he also did a podcast with True Geordie, um, and that was really it was an it was it was a good listen, and he got really emotional on that and. Yeah, no, I can't. I, 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 well, where do you want to put him? Where are you um, thinking? 
I just don't know about elite. elite. I, I think class. Yeah. He's on the sort of similar level as like York and Cole. Oh, I don't know if we want to save this guy. No, you've got to get him out of the way. Go we'll on. Get him out of the way. Jamie Vahody. Yeah. For me, it's a, this is a real tough one, this, because for me, he, he's... I would never say a bad word about Jamie Vardy in my life. Like, I never will. I could never, ever say it. And it genuinely gets to me when I see Leicester fans on Twitter and people calling out that he's passed it. And I could never say a bad word about him. I could never. Where were you thinking before I um, talk about where I'd put him? Well, it is, this is, this is the it, issue. It's a it's, difficult one with Vardy because like, his stats speak for himself and he isn't. He is has been and still is like an unbelievable striker, but it's just I think he hangs in the balance between class and elite for me. It's but this is what we were talking about as well. Is it's it's tough because obviously it's kind of you go like you you're in a battle between these all these different aspects, yeah. And there's obviously all these different things that make up a player and. I mean, when you're talking about impact on a team, impact on a, on a, an era of football. I mean, we'll look back in years to come, and Jamie Vardy has just put his name, stamped his name on this era of football, this decade of football, whatever you want to call it. For me, what he's done for Leicester, the city of Leicester as a whole, will be felt for for years to come, for, forever. Really, he's put this yeah. city on the map. Um. I, 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 it's a tough one for me because I really, I just when I look at the other players in class, Jamie Vardy. If you just look at the impact he had on Leicester City, um, that team and the fan base, Leicester. He well, he's obviously Leicester's greatest player of all time by a mile. Uh, yeah. I feel honoured to have been able to watch him. Honestly, I I just with Jamie Vardy, there's no player closer to my heart, um, and for me, he'd be an elite. You know what? I I agree with you. I'm just if you look no, at no. those other players, well, I don't that, even think. Well, you've I don't even think you need to really sort of um, explain it too much. Like if even if you just go over the past five seasons and look how what he averages each season. Whether Leicester have had a good season or a bad season or in the middle season, he's always hitting over the 20-goal a season mark. Like you say, I know everyone, it does get a bit bloody tedious when people do always refer back to how he played non-league football. But when you do consider the fact that he did play non-league football and from went from playing at Fleetwood in the conference and in less than four years later, he's top goal scorer and won the Premier League like... And he's reached. He's he's reached a pinnacle. He's played for England at World Cups, Euros, and yeah. he's like hit every single level that he needed to get to. He's gone to, gone into, and he's gone above it. Yeah. When Leicester signed him from Fleetwood, I think they they obviously there was a lot of potential there, and it was kind of a there were a few teams in for him, but I still don't think. Well, obviously they didn't foresee what he's become now. But every time he goes, he go went into the Premier League, and he has talked about it like. Every season he had, he had a the first season at a new level. He always had a bit of a, an adjustment period yeah. in the championship in his first season. I don't, I can't remember if he signed in January or, or in the summer, but when in his first season he said he he struggled with the championship, getting used to it. Then the next season, he, they obviously went up him and Nugent. Yeah. And then 
going to the Premier League, the first season in the Premier League, he obviously had that 5-3 game against United. But apart from that, there wasn't. he didn't do much. He showed potential. And then obviously that title-winning season, he was just world-class. And the guy's finishing ability is just off the charts. And his technical ability doesn't get the credit it deserves because he's a bit of rough around the edges. Natural talent-wise, there aren't many better Premier League strikers ever in terms of natural talent, eye for goal, and just raw talent. It's, it's, it, it, he hasn't. He obviously was at Sheffield Wednesday when he was younger, but that period of time he had in non-league, he wouldn't have been looking after himself. This is no words, really. I. I so get, we we're gonna say elite. elite. Right, yeah. we're saying elite. Yeah. Jermaine Defoe. Decent. Decent. Yeah. I don't think he was overrated. I don't think he was underrated. I, yeah. Like, I, to just, be honest, I don't think there's a really a tier a here for him. No, he was just a good goal scorer, weren't he? Yeah. Luis Suarez. Mhm. I mean, there's really only two categories for him, isn't there? Yeah. I think, I think goes, elite. I think he goes into elite based purely off the fact that it was sort of a that one season blow up. Not saying he wasn't good for the rest of the time. He's an unreal player. But if he'd stayed at Liverpool, maybe gone to win win a couple of trophies with Liverpool. Yeah. Would, yeah. But yeah, he is definitely elite. He was Yeah, he just didn't have a, a long enough Premier League career to get into greatest, which no. I think he probably could have. And these elite players, like there are, it's fine lines between elite and greatest, really, isn't yeah. there? And you look at a player like Kane, you look at a player like Suarez. If he, if he just, yeah, if Kane wins a few things, if Suarez had had more of a sustained career in the Premier League, they probably would be in that greatest category. Yeah, Michael Owen, elite, elite. Yeah, obviously a career played by injuries, but a Ballon d'Or winner, nevertheless. Yeah, um, again for me, I I don't remember. I don't have the pleasure of being able to remember him in in that time at Liverpool, um, but I've obviously seen highlights and yeah, Ballon d'Or speaks for itself and probably one of the most exciting talents England English footballs ever had and probably one of the most disappointing as well, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no arguments about that. Elite Nicholas Anelka. This is a because he did have a really good Premier League career and yeah obviously played Bolton Chelsea Liverpool, Arsenal as well Man City yeah West Brom where are you thinking here because this was a period again of my life where I mean we weren't always analysing football were we? we were just watching it and enjoying it and that's kind of what I remember class for me class yeah, yeah. what are you going to Solskjaer obviously he was a bit of a again I you I don't know exactly, but I, I he was a he's, bit of a substitute, bit of a cool hero, yeah. Um, he was did a great he, striker. Did he ever have a prolonged like a, a full season being United's full first number nine? Yeah, yeah. He's he's played. He started a lot of games as United's number nine, but obviously he's always had to deal with the likes of Van Nistelrooy, the Yorks and Coles, the Cantonars, that sort of thing. I know he obviously holds. He's he's held dear in a United fan's heart. Yeah. Just not indecent, do you reckon? I think we had. He was a great goal scorer. That's that's the only thing. Um.
Maybe if you, if you are that and it go decent, maybe we'll put him in decent. And uh, this is no disservice to him because I saw Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for the very last moments of his career as a player. Robbie, Robbie Fowler, F- I again Robbie Fowler again. I don't want to do a disservice. Robbie to Fowler him. was unbelievable. Yeah, they call him God, don't they? Yeah, I think Robbie Fowler's elite. Yeah, all right, we'll go elite. Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane. Top, top striker. Definitely in the class for me. Yeah, straight into class. Robin Van Persie. I, I think I think he's I think there's only really one for him, really. Elite, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think again it's just, it's just the amount of stuff he won and I don't know, what are you thinking? Why is he in elite? We've not yet had anyone in the overrated yet. I am not sure we will. Looking at the ones we've got left. But these are top, top strikers. Yeah, like, I don't know I who mean, I can call overrated. Maybe Lukaku. So, Robin Van Persie, obviously. I mean, I think, obviously, he was world-class at, at Arsenal. But the real thing that just made his career, and it almost made you think, oh, I wish he'd left a bit earlier. Yeah. That season he had at United, or the two season, seasons. Really. Well, three, he had three years at United, but that one season was the only one that he was... He won as a title on his own. If he had, if I'm so glad he did that for him. I bet he's so glad he did that as well. Yeah. Just it was a. Do you think it was a career wasted at you know at Arsenal? Um, I'm not sure you can go as far as saying career wasted because obviously he's played under the guidance of like Arsene Wenger, didn't he? Obviously he didn't win any trophies with Arsenal. Maybe but, won a but couple. when you just put it into context, obviously as an everyday bloke, anyone would have loved the career of Robin Van Persie, but if you're Robin Van Persie, I mean the guy's a world class striker and if he's been playing another he's another one of those names that if he'd been at United for a bit longer or as team of that ilk, he yeah, could be definitely. in that greatest. Yeah, I'd have loved to have signed him a bit earlier, maybe two or three years beforehand, but I don't think with Van Persie until sort of Two years before he joined United, he he was never really. Obviously, everyone knew he was a great striker, but he was never anyone that was sort of. Everyone else was sort of crying out to go and sign, were they? Yeah. Like he was just always, and because he was injury prone a lot, you've got to remember at Arsenal, he he had a lot of injuries, so it was sort of he was just sort of a stop and start career at Arsenal, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Romelu Lukaku. Do we have our first candidate for overrated here? I mean, I think he's a top quality striker. Overrated for me. You think overrated? I know, I really like him, but obviously he's come back to Chelsea. We spoke about him in the podcast. He looks good and Chelsea look amazing. But if I'm going off what I've seen of him in the Premier League up until now, I still don't think he cuts it. He really cuts it when it when the, when the time needs. I just this find this season can change, mate. Like he can go and score loads of goals in big games, win trophies with Chelsea, and he can complete. And he's a different player to the one we saw at Everton and United. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> we in... we could get absolutely slated here. But uh, the guy, no, but this it. is thing. I don't. Want no, no, people... no. I'm about to agree with you. I don't want people to listen to us here talking about Lukaku and think because we're calling him overrated, he's not good. Like he's a brilliant striker, but. And also, we don't have any agendas either because no, there's a lot no of people agendas. that talk about these players. Any player that we've got here, aside from rivalries, no, yeah, rivalries aside, we don't talk with any kind of agendas. We've never come with that to a to a podcast episode because there's too many people, I think, in this space that everything they do, there's some kind of agenda behind it. Or like this is just our opinion. Um, yeah. Obviously, everyone's going to have differing opinions. 
But for me, Lukaku, to kind of just echo what you were saying, for me, with Lukaku, when, when Chelsea heard Chelsea were going to sign him, he just didn't really get me excited. No. Like, you know when you get certain players that you're excited to see them in the Premier League? And yeah. I am, obviously, it's great to have him back in the Premier League. You want the, the best players. And I'm not disputing. He is in that bracket of the best strikers in the world. I don't know where you'd rank him, but he's definitely in the conversation. Because I don't, personally, I just don't think there are that many nowadays. No. If you look at some of the talent we've got on here, there aren't really that many, are there? Currently playing? No. I mean, you'd say Lukaku. Lukaku and Kane are probably on their own, really, in the Prem at the minute. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've put a Vardy in elite, but right now, this second, he's I just... Strong. And we, we're talking about Lukaku being overrated. Yeah. Like, I think that just says a lot about kind of the current era we're going through. Yeah, I agree. So we're going to say overrated for Lukaku. Yeah, I've never been his biggest fan, but that's Isn't... just my opinion. A photo doesn't do him much favours either. I'm happy. <laughs> um, Ruud van Nistelrooy. Oh, elite. Elite? Yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. Manchester United, you know him better than me. Sergio Aguero. Now, this is a really, really interesting one because... <laughs> He's defo vying for the greatest or elite. It goes in the greatest for me. Yeah. I, 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 to be honest, Straight I agree with you. And it's that, those big moments, isn't it? And just yeah. what he meant to Manchester City and, well, everything. He had everything. Manchester, he had yeah. goals. Manchester City's greatest ever player, without a doubt. There's not player. much else to say. Just outstanding player, outstand, outstanding goal scorer. Did it for years. Even did it in in, in seasons where... He, it would seem like he barely played or he was injured for half the season. He'd still get Hit. that 20 goals or something. Yeah. Nothing more to say on that. Teddy Sheringham. Um, I'd put him in, my personal opinion, put him in class. Yeah? Yeah. I, again, I don't really have much memory. Where did he finish his career? Where's that? Um, I think he actually retired at Colchester when he was about 39, 40 or something. Wasn't he one of those... He, always... he was at West Ham was his big, his last... Charlton or West Ham. Do you think he... Did he just look older than he was at Tony Sheringham? Yeah, in general, yeah, he did. Because I always... I think he was one of those players that I always thought... When I was younger, I always, always thought, thought he was, was old. old. Yeah. Yeah. No offence, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> right, you've got right. two players the, here. The last two just go... Just speak for themselves, straight into the top. So, yeah, but for the for the benefit of the podcast, right? Thierry Henry. What does? I mean, he obviously goes into the greatest. Yeah. Obviously, um, again, there's there's not really much else to say, is there? Mm. Like, is there anything you want to add on Thierry Henry? No, I think he's just speaks. he's in the conversation for one of the greatest Premier League players of all the time. So yeah, Thierry Henry. What a player, what a player. Um, obviously part of the Invincibles. And now we finish on possibly the greatest striker of all time in the Premier League. Yeah. Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney. Obviously he had different parts of his career. I mean, would you have classed him as a striker near in the end? Because he, he, I feel like he was only a striker for a short period of time. Yeah. Well. But that was testament to him really. Yeah. The way he was able to adapt, and I think he's even said he's even said about himself that he he never enjoyed playing as a striker. Always wanted to be in the middle of the park, being involved all the time. 
and it's and it shows. But it just yeah, like you say, it shows how good he was at when he was told to play up front. He just did it and scored goals every week. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, unbelievable player and legend of the game and a player that gets a lot of disrespect. But I think slowly now he's starting to get that that respect that he deserves. Yeah. Um, I'm looking now. Romelu Lukaku is looking lonely and overrated. Um, Sorry, I kind of thought there'd be. I thought there'd be more. I thought there'd be more overrated. I wouldn't have done an overrated category if I if I'd known. Just, just for Lukaku. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. There you have it. Greatest strikers of the Premier League era. That's divided opinions. Opinion on it. So we'll go through it. So in the greatest category, we've got Alan Shearer. Well, we'll start from the bottom. Yeah. Overrated. <laughs> we've got Romelu Lukaku. Um, if I'm honest, looking back at this episode, maybe we probably should have put a different category than overrated. I thought there might be a few more candidates for overrated. And in my opinion, looking back, there probably are a couple. If I was to say, I'd probably say Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could possibly fit in the overrated category. Uh, I think even Emmanuel Adebayor could possibly get in the overrated category. I think Diego Costa, I I could have an argument for him being the overrated category. But it's just the way it's gone, and we've tried to we've collaborated on this, and I think there's not been not been any arguments to be fair. Quite no. a success that. Um, but yeah, so overrated we've got Romelu Lukaku, decent second up. We've got Emmanuel Adebayor, Jermaine Defoe, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Be a good strike force that. Um, Class, we've got Andy Cole and Dwight York alongside Carlos Tevez, Diego Costa, Fernando Torres, Ian Wright, Kevin Phillips, Nicholas Anelka, Robbie Keane and Teddy Sheringham. And then in the elite category, these are the players that have just missed out. Didier Drogba, Dimitar Berbatov, Harry Kane. Could we see him move into that greatest category soon? If Maybe if he wins a few trophies. Jamie Vardy. Now, I know people will probably have some thoughts on that. Um, so let us know do you agree is, is Vardy in the elite category if not where does he get into um, Luis Suarez then we've got Michael Owen Robbie Fowler Robin Van Persie and Ruud Van Nistelrooy and then in greatest we've gone for Alan Shearer Eric Cantona Sergio Aguero Thierry Henry and Wayne Rooney are you happy with that West? yeah more looking back is there any anything that you changed if there was one that you changed looking back what which one would it be? All right, Lukaku maybe could be in the class. Well, of course he is. He's a class striker, but he's still overrated in my eyes. That's why I've put him there. All right. So there is a, there's a lot of sort of uh, leeway for Lukaku to be in a load of other categories. Yeah. As putting him in overrated by no means means that he's a bad striker. He's a brilliant striker. Yeah. But he still no. still doesn't cut it enough when the when 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 it really matters for me, yeah, I think there's there's a few strikers like that, and the I'm, players yeah. that are still playing. It's like I'm I said, ha- it's fine lines. Yeah, I'm happy for him to prove me wrong, and he probably will prove me wrong. Chelsea will probably going win the league, and he'll probably finish top goal scorer. But he's <laughs> looking that way, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that that is our greatest Premier League strikers of all time. Let us know what you think. We really want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. Uh, the website we've used is tiermaker.com. So they've given us all the all the nominees. So if you want to go over and check them out, it's it's been really fun. I think. Wes. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I mean, me. I can imagine me and you doing this in like year seven or something. Mental. Yeah, just in the back of a textbook. 
Just uh, <laughs> after just customising some boots on Nike ID. Yeah, bit of jumpers for goalposts. Yeah. Um, so we're going to finish the episode now, going through our predictions from last week, and we've also got to predict the, the games coming up. Yeah. Do you want to get the fixtures up? I've Wes? got them up. Don't right. Worry. Um, so that for last week, I've added up the scores, and we were going to put three points for a correct score, but I think we should go for two West, okay. just so it doesn't end up with a huge gap. Yeah. Yeah. So we've gone for two for the correct score. And I had a shocker, to be honest. An absolute shocker. I only got two correct results right. Like, not even the results, like, the outcome. I've only got two outcomes right. So I got one, two points. The games that I got right were the Liverpool-Crystal Palace game. So it's not a hard one to call. <laughs> and the Chelsea-Tottenham one I got right as well. Um, Fair play. But you got, you got the correct outcome in the Leeds-Newcastle game. You said Leeds would win. No, you said a draw, sorry. Um, and then you also got Burnley versus Arsenal. You got that right. You said Arsenal would win. And you also got Liverpool versus Crystal Palace, the outcome right. But you got a correct score on the Man United-West Ham game. So well done on that, mate. So yeah, Westy's on five points in a minute. I'm on two. We'll see how we get on throughout the season. We haven't. Maybe there needs to be a bit of a, a punishment or a, a prize. Let us know if you've got any ideas. Um, right, Wes, do you want to read out the fixtures for this week? We'll get predicting. Right, kicking us off on Saturday, you've got two games. Chelsea-Manchester City. What are you going for, Joel? This is what this is the early kick-off on Saturday, yeah? Yeah. Chelsea-Man City. I think it could be another one of them games that we think is going to be incredible, but I think it could be a bit of a damp squid. Um, or maybe not. I think I'm going to go early kick-off. I think the players will be a bit tired. They would have been eating their pasta at like nine in the morning. Um, uh, bless them. On 200 grand a week. <laughs> I think I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Fair play. Um, I'm going to go 1-0 to Manchester City. In the other early kick-off, 12.30, we've got Manchester United versus Aston Villa at Old Trafford. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Manchester United win. You're right this game, aren't you? Yeah. For the sake of that, I'm going to go 2-1 Villa. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking forward to seeing Ronaldo back in the flesh? Yeah, been a long time, 12 yeah. years. What was the, Can you remember the Actually, last game you saw of him? Yeah, uh, well, the last United game I saw him was... Um, Blackburn at home in the Premier League. It was that game, no, when he scored the free kick from like the angle, and it yeah. sort of went, yeah, over, yeah. went over Paul Robinson. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. but the last time I saw him play in the flesh was there uh, for for Portugal actually. Nice, weird flex. What's the next game, mate? Uh, we've got Everton at home to Norwich City. Two 0 Everton. I'm going to go for. 3-1 to Everton. Leeds United, West Ham at Ellen Road. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. I'm going to go... I think West Ham are going to do the job here. I'm going to go 2-1 West Ham. Right. Um, Leicester City versus Burnley at the King Power. I'll be there. What a game. What a game. For me, I'm going to go 1-1. 
I'm going to go. We need a winner. I'm going to say 3 0 Leicester. 3 1 Leicester. Um, Watford, Newcastle at Vicarage Road. Watford, they got a win, didn't they, against Norwich away? Yeah. It's Mela Saar. I don't know how he's not been snapped up by one of the, the bigger teams. Um, Watford, Newcastle. I'm going to go for a nice 1 0 win here to, to Watford, to the yeah. Hornets. Well, I'm actually going to go for a 2 0 win for Newcastle on the road. Brentford, Liverpool, the 5 30 kickoff at Brentford. Uh, I'm going to go for 2 1 to Liverpool. I'm going to go 4 0 Liverpool. Fair play. Move on to Sunday. Southampton versus Wolves. Southampton, the home side. Um, I'm going to go for a 1 1 draw here. Wolves, they've, they've really struggled, haven't they, to score goals? Yeah. With Jimenez, do you think. Do you think he could ever get back to the player he was, Jimenez? Uh, I, I feel could, sorry for the guy. Yeah, can't can't tell you. I hope so, but it, it, it seems unlikely. I mean, it's just when it's you're just, a player that relies so much on heading and playing that like 100 percent last line aggression, of attack, yeah. like you just for him to have an injury like that. Yeah, it's devastating. But it really but yeah, ho- hopefully he can get his. It's, it's a mental barrier that he'll be able to break down. He is a lot more than that. Like he never was a player that was just in the air. Like no, he, no, he's, he's great with his feet as well. Yeah, great player, Jimenez. I really like Jimenez. Um, so I'm going to go Southampton Wolves. Uh, predictions are really hard, aren't they? Like <laughs> you think before you think like it doesn't really matter how, what kind of knowledge or whatever you've got. It's, it's the Premier League, and anything can happen. Yeah, that's why we love it. Um, Southampton Wolves I'm going to go a little Southampton winner 1-0 Southampton what did you go sorry uh, 1-1 so the final oh no not the final game of the weekend we've got a Monday one but the Super Sunday second game we've got Arsenal Tottenham and North London Derby at the Emirates always good games these always good games you're right and I'm going to go I reckon Arsenal might do them I'm going to go for Arsenal win as well. I'm actually going to go for a 2-0 win for Arsenal. 3-2 no. Arsenal, I'm going. Oh, it's about to scrap that. You no, know, you go. can have it. You can have it. You can do that. We can do no, no, no. I'm going to go. For... I'll stick a 2-0 Arsenal. 2-0, 2-0 Arsenal. All right. So that's that's all the games, is it? No. One no. more game. Monday night, we've got another... Well, is it the M6... Some, some derby that's pretty weird and made up but it's Crystal Palace versus Brighton Crystal um, Palace versus Brighton at, at Crystal Palace and I'm actually going to go for another win for Brighton 2-1 to Brighton the away this, side this is actually a really interesting game this you know I'm really yeah. looking forward to this yeah, one I'm Potter versus Vieira yeah no I really like the look of this uh, Crystal Palace Brighton it's a tough one to call but I'm going to go 2-2 what are you saying Yeah, 2-1 Brighton for me 2-1 Brighton. Brighton right. have had a fantastic start. I mean, They have. A brilliant sh- start. Um, shout out to Graham Potter. Yeah, yeah. Future England boss. Yeah, why not? He's better than bloody Southgate. Oh. Right, con- that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. And I think, I think we've had enough conversation for today. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? Is there any more you'd like to say and add to the episode, West? No, no, it was a, an enjoyable one though. I really enjoyed it, mate. It was actually really good. I think this is the most I've enjoyed a podcast, to be honest. Um, let us know if you want us to do more tier lists. Uh, yeah, we've really enjoyed doing it. And yeah, I suppose 
yeah, just like the podcast, follow the podcast, um, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Instagram at Divided Opinion if you want daily content from us both. And yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs>